Dads, children of all ages, welcome to Living on a Thin Line with a Tony Visick. I am Tony Visick. We come to you six days a week at uh, 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. We are your daily distraction from all the anger, anxiety, weirdness, and hoopla in the world today. We come to you on three platforms, Comedy Schools, Radio Network.com, YouTube, Comedy Schools, and of course, right here on my personal page, Tony Visick, Facebook Live. Uh, the show is built around uh, one of three, sometimes two of three, sometimes three of three, ten polls. It is built around your questions and comments as you leave them on the aforementioned social media sites. So uh, question and comment. Um, sometimes we have a knickknack or doodad or a falderall or what have you uh, laying around the house. I feel comfortable using falderall in that sentence since nobody knows what it means. Uh, and it's not even really applicable. Uh, that we show you and try to weave a personal story around... And we recommend one artist, our one piece of music, based off our vast vinyl album and compact disc collection. We do not use cassettes, R45s, or 78 RPMs. Although, I wouldn't count it out 100%. I wouldn't count it out 100%. I don't have a lot of 45 RPMs. By the way, I don't know if you know what RPM means. So, a 33 and a third RPM, 78 RPM. It means revolutions per minute. That's how many times it will spin around completely in a minute. So a 45 goes faster than a 33, and uh, a 78 goes faster than a 45. Um, anyway, uh, I used to have a huge collection of 45 RPMs, uh, but they burnt up in a trailer fire in 1976. So um, there you go. So we don't use a lot of those because we didn't purchase many 45s after that as a matter of fact we hadn't been purchasing 45s throughout the 70s or even late 60s we were purchasing albums it's funny how one form of media totally knocks out another form of media so uh the uh, 45 rpm and then somewhat on its heels the 33 totally knocked out the 78 uh you may have seen some of those that uh those of you that are grandparents May have seen them at your grandparents' house. They looked like to be about the size of albums, but they had a much smaller hole in the middle, like the hole you would have for uh, an album. Yet, uh, uh, they had less music on them normally, uh, and uh, they kind of looked kind of weird. And then we had the 45s, the big hole, and 33s, the little hole again. And then compact discs. Well, for a while, four tracks and eight tracks, compact discs, uh, with uh, compact discs had a hole in them, okay, but I don't think the, the hole after a while didn't become that big of a deal. Uh, sometimes the hole's not a big deal. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with that. I don't think I was going anywhere with that. It is uh, Monday, Monday, uh, November 30th, 2020. It's the last day of November, and it looks like it may be the beginning of the end. Uh, Joe Gannon says, Grandpa had an old crank Victrola. You know, I almost bought one of those. Uh, I have a collection of about 50 old-timey radios around this house. Some that work, some that don't. Uh, and I also have a turntable to listen to uh, LPs on, 33 and a thirds. Uh, LP means long player. I'm educating people today. Um, but uh, when, um, for Shirley and I, when antique shopping was a thing, and that was our thing for about a year or so, we found some antique shops we love to go to. We came close to buying... A uh, hand crank Victrola. I actually have out in the garage, and I don't know how it ended up in the garage because there was no space for it here. 
an old-style stand-up radio with a turntable in it that had the felt on top. But uh, it has been sitting, it's sitting out in the garage buried under um, other stuff that you, we will not throw away but we'll never use. That is, uh, besides the car, I think the most important thing for a garage, the most, its most important function is to store things that you will not throw away but will never use. So I do have something close to that there. Uh, used to have an old Atwater Kent and a used Bakelite Philco, Joe Gannon says. Certain Bakelite radios, by the way, are worth a lot of money. As far as, uh, what have I got sitting around here that I could show people real quick? Probably nothing. If we just had just a, a little sandwich style radio, if we can, if Shirley can find one. But if not, I'll tell you about it. Uh, if you're into collectibles at all, if you like collecting things, uh, my friend DJ Payne collects uh, baseball cards and Pokemon cards. Uh, uh, I collect uh, uh, underground comics and Spider-Man comics, uh, which proves that the, uh, the country is still in really good shape, that grown men in their 40s and 60s can pursue these, uh, these hobbies and still actually able, are able to eat. Um, but if you're ever into collecting old-time radios, let, let me show you this one here. So this is a pretty cool radio. It's from about 1949. All right. So it's a Bakelite radio. Uh, Bakelite was a way to make plastic really, really hard so that it would make a good uh, functioning uh, uh, receptacle. So that's a Bakelite radio right there. All right. But this one, of course, is its original color. But if you ever run across a radio that looks like this, showing it to everybody, uh, and it's a, a white, what they used to call a, um, a sandwich box or sandwich uh, or, or a bread loaf radio, uh, they usually were about a foot across, uh, they were uh, kind of bulky, they were uh, wider than they were high, a couple of knobs. This one, I believe, was only an AM radio, yes, only an AM, a D-walled uh, this one goes for maybe about a hundred bucks. Uh, but if you ever run across one of these, I'm going to show it to you one more time. And it's an odd or interesting color. So in other words, it is, uh, caramel in color with red knobs or green with blackish blue knobs. What that means was that was the early days of Bakelite products. Gary Geller says uh, Bakelite is a celluloid, not a plastic. Uh, all right, very good, very good. I appreciate you telling us that. Um, before they found a way to treat them, if they were left uh, not out in the sun, like uh, left out in the sun, but just like oftentimes sitting on a uh, kitchen table next to a large window where many of these radios sat, these uh, sort of kitchen table radios, they weren't the big uh, bulky uh, wooden radios or later on the... Uh, Hi-fi stereo systems your parents had, uh, your parents had, but that little radio would sit on a kitchen table. If it sat in the sun for very long, it would change color. The plastic would change color. Uh, now I've read a lot about this. I don't have all the exact information for you right now as to why that took place. Well, the people who were making radios didn't like that. If they were selling you know, a white radio or a brown radio or a beige radio, they figured that's what you wanted and that you were going to be upset that it had changed color. So they quickly found a way to treat the celluloid bagelite 
so that if it were left sitting in the sun, uh, if you leave anything sitting in the sun long enough, it'll melt or something. Uh, but it was left sitting in the sun that it would not change color. Because of that, the radios that did change color became rare, exceedingly rare. And a radio just like the one I showed you, which you could pick up probably a, a radio similar to it for anywhere between 25 and 200 bucks, uh, depending uh, in any sort of junk shop or antique store or any garage sale, you know, where you could pick it up. Garage sales always being best. People are just getting rid of stuff. Uh, that's where you're going to get great deals. Um, those radios can go for two, three thousand dollars, two or three thousand dollars. So if you run across an old Philco, someone of that nature that looks like a radio that sat in your grandma's uh, kitchen table when you used to be over there, right in front of her, uh, uh, right in front of her uh, uh, curtains, then um, yeah, Gary, I know that's why they fade it. But then they came up with a treatment. Gary Gallagher says that's why they fade it. Gary Gallagher said uh, film negatives were celluloid too. Um, and that's why they faded. Okay. So uh, you're talking about negatives. Cool. Gotcha. All right. Just uh, uh, making it clear to me, okay, as I'm trying to follow the conversation here. Uh, hello, Kevin Roberts. How are you? Uh, but if you ever run across one that's an unusual color, and by the way, the colors they changed to were really cool colors kind of interesting colors, the kind of colors that would be very popular uh, a few short years later during the psychedelic era, during the pop art era of the 60s. If you run across one of those at a garage sale, uh, an old uh, uh, sandwich loaf or sandwich box radio, the kind of you sit on a kitchen table and it's an unusual color, someone goes, oh, I'm just trying to get rid of it. Buy it. Buy it. It can be very valuable. So... Um Anyway, uh, this whole conversation started because I was talking about what kind of, uh, what kind of, um, which medium we use to present our artist or piece of music of the day. Um, end of November, tomorrow's the beginning of December, we're going to enter into a very interesting time in American history. It will be a month and a half, thereabouts, a little over a month and a half before we change administrations. The head of the current administration is making uh, even wilder claims right now about election fraud than uh, any I've ever heard in my lifetime. Uh, and that have, with each week and with each day, uh, wilder and wilder claims. The incoming administration seems to be picking the kind of people who know how to run things without showing up. One of the things I'm looking forward to, and wait, by the way, it's way down on the list of things I'm looking forward to, because there's other important things to look forward to. But one of the things I'm looking forward to is having a president that I don't have to pay attention to every day. That's the way you say, you know, you're not supposed to pay attention to the electrical wiring in your house every day. You notice if a light bulb goes out in your place, a light bulb. But you're not checking your electrical wiring every day. You're not checking your plumbing every day. You check on it every once in a while. There's an issue and you catch it early, you get it straightened out. But you're not going down and climbing under your house and looking at pipes. You're not pulling your walls apart, looking at wiring every day. There are things you're supposed to pay attention to every day and things you're not supposed to pay attention to every day. And who the President of the United States is and what the Office of Management Budget and the Secretary of Agriculture are doing is not something you're supposed to have to 
pay attention to every day. Now, you can. It's an open society. You can notice what they're doing. But to get up every day going, I have to know this. Oh, my, oh my goodness. The cat just knocked over the uh, radio at the bottom. <laughs> if you heard a noise. Uh, <laughs> Angela Fox says, good analogy. He's a clog. Uh, that uh, you don't have to. That you know that the organizations are in good hands. Someone asked me, you know, this life, and I, you know, I bet I, when I was a young guy, he's a pretty irresponsible guy, and I don't apologize for that, you know. Uh, but it, oftentimes I was very responsible when it mattered, when push came to shove, you know, when we were up against the wall, when our backs were against the wall, when the house was on fire, I could be counted on. But otherwise than that, I like to drink and dance all night. But at this point in my life, I was running for uh, something locally recently, which uh, as far as I can tell right now, I won. And people go, why do you want that power? I go, this is not power. This is responsibility. Joe Gannon asks, is the cat okay? Is the radio okay? They both seem to be fine right now, Joe. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Uh, this cat... This cat is so little and squishy, I'm sure I could roll him up in a ball in my hand and let him go and he'd like pop up like some sort. He could be like a, a magician's if he didn't have those claws where you could store him in your shirt and you wouldn't even notice and pull him out. So I think we're getting back to having a government populated, at least at the administrative level, by people to understand that their positions are positions of responsibility, not of power. And you know what? That's an interesting mindset to think about. When somebody wants to run something, the thing, you know, we ask ourselves, are they Democrat or Republican? Are they experienced, not experienced? Uh, um, did, they, you know, did they smoke dope in 1975? You know, did they ever date a girl who then said uh, that they were, uh, when they broke up, it was a bad breakup? Uh, uh, were they, uh, you know, did they used to be a boy and now they're a girl? They used to be a girl and they were a boy. We ask all these questions. They have nothing to do with anything. Here's the thing you want to figure out by listening to them and watching them. Do they want the position so that they can take responsibility or do they want the position so they can take power? And I think we're back to having an administration that wants to take responsibility and be responsible people. Okie dokie. Hey, a couple things to tell you about moving forward. Moving forward. Uh, moving off of that right now. Um, this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at J.P.'s Comedy Club, jpscomedyclub.com, 860 East Warner Road in Gilbert, Arizona. This is not a paid commercial. We are just saying this for a friend, but we're saying it like a paid commercial because it's fun to do. No animals were harmed during the making of this commercial. Uh, J.P.'s Comedy Club uh, this weekend, uh, veteran of the uh, white-hot local Phoenix comedy scene and national headliner Manny Hernandez, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Two, one show Thursday, two Friday, two Saturday. Um... If you're looking to go out and you're in the greater Gilbert area, which I consider the entire uh, Pacific time zone and Rocky Mountain time zone, because you can get here. And you know what? A good part of the central time zone, because you can get here in a couple hours. Um, then you should go to JP's Comedy Club if you're looking for safe social distance entertainment. They make sure that everybody's at least six foot or even more apart. Twelve foot from the performer. Great little comedy club. Uh, very funny people working very hard to uh, be a development club for all the wonderful artists we have here, comedic artists we have here in Phoenix. This Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Manny Hernandez, of course, a lot of the JP's Comedy Club gang, Travis Minor, Jim Perry, the man who salts his pizza, everybody 
will be there this weekend. So you should go check that out if you want to. Uh, December 21st and 22nd. I think I got those dates right, don't I, Shirley, from the posters we were making? This December 21st and 22nd, if you're looking to go, I would like to improve my public speaking skills. I'd like to start my own podcast, just like Tony. Uh, I thought about doing stand-up comedy. I'd like to get out of the house or I'd like to kill an hour on Zoom other than listen to dry, boring, dull uh, meetings where people go on and on and on. You should check out ComedySchools.com. We have uh, free intros to our workshops this December 21st and 22nd. 21st live in person at JP's 22nd. 22nd on Zoom. So either in the room or on Zoom, we're going to have something. Something. Going to have something for you. So check those out. Put up a, uh, um, a thing today on uh, Facebook. Hasn't got big response. Uh, let's see. Uh, Angela Fox says, I'd like to learn how to hide a body effectively. Um, there's uh, the same stuff that you use in your pool. What's that type of acid that we use in the pool? Dissolves anything except uh, plastic. And if you put it in a pool, it kills a lot of germs. What is it? Muriatic. Yeah, muriatic acid. Thank you, Angela. There you go. It, uh... <laughs> By the way, this is all for entertainment purposes. Uh, there was an episode of Breaking Bad that actually showed that, how to be able to do that. So muriatic acid will pretty much dissolve anything except plastic. It is off concrete, steel, flesh, bone, you name it, any type of metal, anything like that. But it will not dissolve plastic, which is why it can be sold in uh, one-gallon plastic jugs or five-gallon plastic jugs. I don't know what I'm uh, You can buy them, and uh, if you put it in your pool, it helps kill a lot of germs. Be careful with it. Don't use it at home. As a matter of fact, we are not endorsing the use of muriatic acid. There's actually other things you can use in your pool that are just as effective. And we're not endorsing uh, disposing of a human body with them as well. Um, but you know what? You asked and I told you. So there you got it. Hey, um, I put up something today on Facebook. I haven't got a lot of big response, but I thought I'd uh, just mention you guys anyway. I said, Taylor Swift, she's no Gloria Gaynor. I'll tell you that right now. And I realized for my crowd that uh, a lot of my crowd aren't really deep in the paint on Taylor Swift and many have forgotten Gloria Gaynor. So Gloria Gaynor recorded one of the biggest disco era hits of all time, I Will Survive. Now, not too many people. Gloria Gaynor was not one of those people whose personality, the music rose her personality up, so she became a cult favorite. Uh, she also had a hit before that with Never Can Say Goodbye. Great singer, um... Uh, Gary Gallagher, uh, back to uh, Angela Fox's question. For those of you on Comedy Schools Radio Network.com or YouTube not reading this, goes, muriatic acid takes too long. I recommend sulfuric acid or nitric acid. Uh, Gary Gallagher was one of the smartest people I knew in high school and beyond, and uh, I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to make any sort of recommendations one way or another, but there's the information. Um, Angela Fox says, that's cool. I got you to endorse and then not endorse something. My day is complete. And she puts love, Gloria, love, Taylor. So I just think it's weird. Gloria Gaynor had this massive hit. They really helped define the disco era. Even her song, Never Can Say Goodbye, was part of a three-song run-through on the album that uh, DJs played in dance floors and really helped create disco and disco dancing. And 
not a lot of the disco artists besides the Bee Gees who were already famous were able to parlay their hit songs into permanent fame or name recognition. I mean, a band called Tramps did Disco Inferno and nobody remembers their name. Now, I don't know that's indicative of the music itself, which was kind of forgetful music. It wasn't made to be remembered. It wasn't made to be listened to when you're lounging in an easy chair at home. It wasn't made to listen to in the car. It was strictly made to dance to. So I don't know if that's why. Taylor Swift, however, Taylor Swift has uh, been a pretty genre-bending individual going from uh, almost kids' music to country music to pop, and they'll be able to blend all three. And when you say her name, people remember her. Even people who've never listened to one of her songs know that name, Taylor Swift. But she's no Gloria Gaynor. I'd put any Taylor Swift song up against I Will Survive, and you tell me it's a better song. I dare you. I dare you. You're just not going to be able to do it. You're just not going to be able to do it. Any Taylor Swift song. Okay, or anything by Toby Swift, who I think played Spider-Man once, didn't he? Was that guy's name, Toby Swift? Toby McGuire. Who was Toby Swift? Does anybody know who Toby Swift was? Was there a Toby Swift? Or does, does that name only exist uh, in the uh, four corners of my skull? Now I just called myself a square head. Cheryl, you had information? Could you maybe if you get a chance, uh, but it, yeah, and I'm not, you know, but if you get a chance, put it in the old uh, Google there and see if we come up with a Toby Swift. Uh, Angela Fox says there is no comparison. They were both freedom fighters for women, and they both rock hard. Um, Toby Swift was a radio producer. Thank you. Thank you. There is a Toby Swift. He was a radio producer. Um, I like Angela Fox's comments. She loves Gloria and she loves Taylor. I don't know if either one of them rock hard. Uh, I wouldn't consider what either one of them do rock. That's not a put down of what they do. Okay, but Gloria was an R&B and disco performer. And Taylor Swift is pretty much a pop music performer. So, um, you know, we've seen in the past people. He was there's also an actor named Toby Swift. I'm getting more information as the days go by. More information as the days go by. So uh, certain people, certain songs then tra transcend a genre. Certain songs will transcend uh, demographics in age groups. It doesn't happen a lot anymore. Certain songs. You take a, a performer like Janis Joplin, who came out of the white, hot, psychedelic San Francisco scene with a band that was playing uh, what was best could be considered acid rock or psychedelic music, basically uh, based on the way they played the instruments and what type of uh, foot pedals they used in their guitars. We're really playing a classic blues and blue, uh, classic blues that became blues rock. But with her song, Me and Bobby McGee, she crossed over to where people who just hated hippies and hate all them long-haired creeps love that song. She loved that. They, everyone loved that song. From 80-year-old grandmothers to 8-year-old kids. Love the song, Me and Bobby McGee, written by Chris Christopherson. So uh, I don't think a Gator or Taylor Swift will ever achieve that result. Uh, Angela Fox says, the phrase rock hard means something different to me than it does to you. Doesn't negate my opinion. 
Yeah, you know what? And rock hard means something else to a 15-year-old than it means to you. I'm just saying it's not rock music. It's not rock music. Uh, speaking of music, let's get to the music. Um, and here's where we're going to go with today. We've talked about this man before. Uh, th- when we talk about people who uh, were able to transcend genres, who were uh, not only uh, consummate writers who wrote hits for other people, consummate musicians who worked as session players for years on some of the biggest records in pop and rock history, but then created their own persona, their own character, their own stardom, and actually, we found out later on, were important and valuable in inspiring other artists to move forward. Uh, From Oklahoma, one of the great artists came from Oklahoma, Merle Haggard, Buck Owens, J.J. Kale, Reba McIntyre, Leon Russell. Leon Russell, ladies and gentlemen, this is a Leon Russell album. It's called Best of Leon. It's called Best of Leon. It is. Uh, it came out in uh, 1976. Okay, it's got uh, some. Uh, Leon Russell was able to write great love songs that became uh, one became a massive R&B pop hit for George Benson, Masquerade. That was a Leon Russell song. And then write his comically funny songs as Queen of the Roller Derby. Uh, Leon Russell, uh, it was instrumental in launching the career of Joe Cocker by putting together the band that toured with him that was uh, 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 documented in uh, uh, Mad Dogs and Englishmen. And it turns out later on, was instrumental in inspiring Elton John. There's some very, there's a very touching documentary concert movie where Leon Russell, uh, where uh, Elton John went and found Leon Russell, who was uh, quite old at that time and ill with uh, brain cancer, been operated on, and said, you need to be known by this new audience. And they toured together and made a concert movie together. Uh, And uh, Leon Russell, who just was the badass bad boy of uh, Concert for Bangladesh, another great concert film, Mad Dogs and Englishmen, a guy who I saw twice in concert, who sat there and even with 10,000 people played the piano, made you feel like you were sitting in a, uh, in a bar room with dust and peanuts on the floor, listened to a band had thrown together a bunch of welders, construction workers working on a weekend that could play like nobody's business. That was Leon Russell. Uh, on here is a Roll Away the Stone, Delta Lady, written about Rita Coolidge. Okay, tightrope, out of out the woods, uh, shootout at the plantation, Stranger in a Strange Land, Running Good, Song for You, Lady Blue, This Masquerade, which we talked about earlier, uh, Bluebird, uh, Back on the Island. Uh, those, are the, uh, those are the songs that are on here. Okay, I don't know that it encompasses all of uh, I don't really know if we could call this album Best Of because there's other songs that are, aren't on here uh, that certainly would... Uh, uh, his his version, his version of Jumpin' Jack Flash, a concert for Bangladesh, is one of those times when a Rolling Stones song sound better than the way the Rolling Stones play it. Um, I think we're going to go with, jeez, um, what would I go with? Uh, I will go with, uh, I don't want to go with Delta Lady because Joe Cocker made that great. We're going to go with... Um, We'll go with uh, Masquerade, This Masquerade by Leon Russell. Leon Russell was a badass rocker. He was a blues guy. He was a soul guy. 
<coughs> he was a jazz guy. There's a, you can look up on YouTube and find footage of him and Glenn Campbell as young guys playing together. Looking as clean cut as the Beach Boys themselves in 1963, 64. Okay? And he became the king of the rock and roll roller, day, roller derby. That's our musical uh, recommendation today, ladies and gentlemen, Leon Russell. So check out Leon Russell. We're going to have a song there for you to listen to. Hopefully, you'll click on it, listen to it, and that will entice you enough to want to go and listen to more Leon Russell. Uh, if you want to look for a great Leon Russell album, uh, my personal favorite uh, is Carney. This Masquerade. This Masquerade. <coughs> is uh, uh, Carney. Uh, a lot of people go with Leon Russell and the Shelter people, but uh, uh, I would definitely go with uh, Carney. Anyway, that's our show for the day. Um, we enjoyed speaking with you. We're hoping they rush this vaccine. We hope that this whole country can go, get back to tearing itself over normal stuff again, besides uh, worrying about vaccines and whether we should go to school or not. Let's send the kids to school. Let's go back to work, and let's get back to being in giant traffic jams that make us want to move someplace else where we promptly move and cause other giant traffic jams. Let's bring traffic jams to all of America, ladies and gentlemen. All right. This has been Living on a Thin Line with Tony Vizic. I'll see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Bye-bye.